All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. A very important conversation today. It's a conversation I think every single one of us will benefit from because I think we all do this to ourselves and it's a shame that we do this to ourselves. So today's guest is going to give us some thoughts and some ways to uh, to tackle this problem. So before we go there, a quick hello to my guest, Dr. Alan Zimmerman. He's a professional speaker and leadership coach. Alan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Todd. I appreciate being here. Uh, the pleasure's mine. I appreciate you carving out some time to join us. Uh, thank you for that. Alan, before we get into our critically important conversation, take a few minutes and just walk us through a bit about you, your background, and the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my training education is interpersonal communication, psychology. I have a PhD in that. Uh, spent 15 years teaching at the university level. I was honored by being named the outstanding faculty member at two different universities. And about 20 years ago, got so busy giving presentations to corporations that I had no time to teach. So I resigned my position at the university, began this position as a uh, leadership coach, professional speaker, and uh, Spoken to about 2,000 audiences around the world since then, 22 countries, 49 states, and uh, it's been a great career. Yeah, sounds like a great career. And in addition, you've also published uh, a book or two, I suspect, uh, most recently, The Payoff Principle. So uh, I'll give you a chance to talk about that a little bit later on as well. So, all right, well, let's get into our chat. Kind of the goal here is to talk about how we just we have too much negative in our life, negative thoughts, negative expectations. There's just too much negative, and we do it to ourselves. We have the power, I believe, to, to rid ourselves of this burden and this curse. So uh, that's what I want to get into today. So how do you talk about the problem? I mean, obviously, you address that a lot in your leadership coaching, uh, but but what's the big problem here? Well, you're exactly right on both counts, Todd. Uh, the basic premise is that you perform exactly as you see yourself or exactly as you tell yourself. And so if you think about yourself negatively, talk to yourself negatively, you will not perform at a high level. And what the research tells me, 85% are programmed somewhat negatively. And people say, how do you know if you're programmed that way or not? Look at your first reaction to any bit of news you get. Uh, for example, you go to your office find a note on the desk that says from your boss, see me immediately. <laughs> what is your first reaction? Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Or your kid comes back from school with a note from the teacher says, suggest a conference as soon as possible. Again, your first reaction is probably the negative. What did you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so if you're programmed that way, you simply cannot achieve your full potential unless you change the programming, get rid of some of that negativity. 
Well, how do we get programmed that way? Is it? Is it? I mean, I know the answer is is will be all of the above, but it, it's some it's something we do to ourselves. But I have to assume that society, culture, our work environment does it too, right? Absolutely. It's a process called exposure adoption addiction. First of all, all we're exposed to a lot of negatives, whether it's <laughs> the mainstream media that's got bad stories every day, mm-hmm. whether it's coworkers griping at work about the boss or the customers. People tend to get exposed to an awful lot of negative. In fact, when you're little kids, research says we hear about 400 negative comments a day, like, no, 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 shut up, sit down, who do you think you are? And obviously, parents have to have boundaries, guidelines. But if you're having 400 negative comments a day to the average 10 positive, people get programmed negatively. So through the process of growing up, exposed to parents, teachers, situations, people, we tend to get exposed to lots of negative, and one day we adopt that. Not consciously, but we simply adopt those negative thoughts and limit our potential. And the scary thing, Dodd, after being exposed to enough negative, we get addicted. Like we get addicted to chemicals, get addicted to less than peak performance. We start telling ourselves negative comments like, I couldn't do this. I couldn't close a sale. I can't make a cold call. I can't lose weight. And the more we think that way, the more you're stuck at that level. Well, how do you how do you unprogram yourself? I mean, I, 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 you get addicted, right? And you just can't quit cold turkey. I, I suspect. Uh, I think you can make a bold declaration to yourself that you're going to change, but there's probably a, a deeper process than that. I call it a mind binder. A uh, mind binder is anything negative we tell ourselves. The examples I gave, like I can't lose weight, can't remember names, can't make a cold call. Start being aware of the mind binders you think or tell yourself. There are dozens of them. And when I catch myself thinking something negative, like I can't do such and such, immediately talk back to yourself and say something like, stop it, now just stop it. And by talking back to yourself firmly, repetitively, you can change the thinking process inside your mind. Or it could be as simple as saying, cancel, cancel, neutralize the impact of that negative comment that's trying to control you. Yeah, no, and it's a. I suspect it's an ongoing process, right? I mean, this this never ends. You have to continuously work to stay positive, right? Oh, absolutely. It's called the displacement principle. If I had a bucket of water and dropped in a stone, you displace an equal volume of water. If you put in lots of stones, pretty soon you have lots of stones and very little water. And it's the same way the mind works. Put enough positive thoughts in your mind. Each one displaces some negative programming. And over time, you have a mind that has got less of the negative and more of the positive. It's a process. Yeah, it is a process uh, and one that requires discipline. And, and this, is why I'm, this is one of the reasons why I meditate is, is to help me combat this issue. And, and uh, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on meditation, but it, that's a strategy that has worked for me in trying to remain positive. Absolutely. That's a great strategy. I simply think that your attitude will defeat you faster than the competition. Mm-hmm. You can be your own worst enemy. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, one of the things you talked about was, uh, I mean, it's, it's one thing to combat negative thoughts as they enter your mind, but how do you set longer-term positive expectations? I think we set negative expectations for ourselves, too. We do. Uh, we don't think we're going to achieve as much as we could possibly achieve. The marriage might not be as good as we would like. And people sometimes think, if I don't expect too much, I won't get disappointed. But that's a very poor way of approaching life. Because to a large extent, according to psychology, the self-fulfilling prophecy, you get what you expect. Mm -hmm. If you go to a meeting, expect it to be a boring time, you'll find something to gripe about. 
You expect to learn something, you'll learn something. And so be careful of automatically assuming something negative. Well, you know, you have the power. And I think that scares people to say it's 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 similar conceptual conversation around people are afraid of success uh, because you do have the power to control this. And, and I think a lot of people don't want that power. Oh, it's easier to blame yeah. the government, my parents, my boss, somebody else for my lack of success. It's real hard to look at the fact that I'm contributing to that. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, you say we need a steady diet of GPHM. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, it's good, positive, healthy material. When I mentioned a moment ago about the displacement principle, putting more of the positive in the mind. And a few things I recommend to people. Put yourself in a, a steady diet of good, positive, healthy material. Read positive materials. Read inspirational stories. Find autobiographies. The more you put the positive in, less negative. And you can find this everywhere, whether it's a great podcast, it's something you read, something you watch, but be careful of what you put in. I will tell people, for example, listen to the news once during the day and then forget about it. It'll be the same negative report over and over all day long. So listen to some positive recordings, read some positive material. It's like taking your daily vitamins. What I find kind of strange is people will make sure they feed their body three times a day, but don't get disciplined about feeding their mind. Mm. And people say, well, you know, I went to a motivational seminar years ago. It didn't do, do me that much good. Well, how silly can you get? You don't feed your mind once and think it's over with. And you right. don't feed your body once and it's over with. It's a process, a discipline. Yep, absolutely. And I also believe that you can create positive material as well. I mean, I, I think uh, creating podcasts, doing writing, putting out, uh, writing a book uh, are, another, are other ways to feed that feed positive stuff to your mind too, right? Oh, sure. Uh, I've been writing a weekly article for 15 years called Dr. Zimmerman's Tuesday Tip. It's got hundreds of thousands of people that read that every week. And it makes me disciplined to find good positive material and share it with other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, and it's surrounding yourself with, with positive people too. I mean, I, I believe very strongly in, in that idea that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you surround yourself with negative people, well, then your life's going to be negative. For, for sure. Uh, when mama said, be careful who you choose as friends, she was right. Mm -hmm. I tell people, uh, if you don't release the negative ones, you'll resemble them. It rubs off. Yeah. Uh, for example, we've done some research where you can take five people sitting in a company cafeteria uh, chatting about something at work. If one person begins to gripe about something, Almost automatically, the others join in and gripe about something else. It's quite addictive. I'm amazed at the number of people who will spend time with just about anybody, even folks who are pick, 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 griping, criticizing. Choose who you spend time with carefully, and especially what I call habitual critics. No matter what you do, they always find something wrong, something to criticize. It might sound kind of corny, but I say choose folks who celebrate you rather than tolerate you. Mm. Well, it makes me think of one of my favorite quotes. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. So, <laughs> I like uh, that. All right. Alan and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Well is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. 
To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right, I am back with Dr. Alan Zimmerman, speaker and leadership coach. All right, so Alan, at the top half of the show, you did share a strategy on how to combat a negative thought, but there's probably some other ways to focus on the positive, even when that negative is uh, is percolating all around you. Absolutely. One technique I tell people is see the positive in every situation. I don't believe life is totally good or bad, black or white, anything, even a rotten situation, always, always has something good in it. See the positive and maintain the attitude. Uh, secondly, I would talk about, you mentioned before, expect the positive. It's true. If you look through life and expect something bad, you'll find something to gripe about. Mm. I mentioned that before. But another one I find very good is what I call counteract every negative with a positive but. In other words, even though this negative has happened, on the other hand, and a simple way you can learn that technique is take a piece of paper, put a line down the middle, Top of the left-hand side, write the word problems. And write down all your problems, financial, occupational, social, whatever. And for every problem you list, put on the other side, top of the right-hand column, the word blessings, a counteracting blessing. Uh, for example, Lydia in my program a while ago wrote this down. I lost my husband recently, but I still have my children. I lost a lot of money when my stocks dropped drastically, but I have my house, which is paid for. My hearing has gotten rather poor, but I can still see very well to read. And she went on and on. And you see the point. You can focus on the left-hand column, all the problems, be as depressed as you want to be. You can focus on the right-hand side and be as positive as you'd like to be. Yeah, yeah. Al, let me ask you for uh, – shoot, this is – this is I need this advice myself. I, as we record this, we're probably three, four days uh, following the uh, terrorist attacks in Paris. And, and obviously, we can't escape it in the news. And I'm with you that you can't get so – consumed by news that, it, that but how, how do you maintain an, a positive attitude when you're dealing with a world that's got terrorism attacks like that i mean it's all around us i mean I, you can't bury your head in the sand that there's how, how do we how do we move forward knowing that these there's evil like that around the world i mean that that's that has to play on some people's ability to, to remain positive absolutely it's frightening it's demoralizing all of those bad things that took place in paris and terrorism around the world. Hopefully what we'll do is we'll energize an awful lot of folks, millions around this globe, to say that we've had enough. It's time to make something good out of this. Take charge, take some action, whatever that might be. But to sit back and complain about the government and do nothing about it is not the answer. Maybe it's writing a letter to the editor. It's getting involved in a campaign. It's getting involved to do something to make a difference. And I believe everybody makes a difference. Nobody's a neutral in this world. You make it a better place to live or a poorer place to live. And too many have been sitting on the sidelines for too long. I think it's hopefully an energizing moment we start taking action. Mm. Great answer. I'm glad I asked. Uh, I'm sorry I had to ask uh, uh, because of things like that happening, but um, oh, yeah. it's important to discuss it. So I, I, was, uh, I was surprised to hear that time management can have a significant impact on your ability to be more positive. Walk me through that. Well, we've all got the same amount of time every day, obviously, and some feel very good about what they achieve in that time, and others never quite feel good about their time. 
And again, if you have an attitude towards time that says, well, that's just the way I am. I don't have time to get organized. I don't know how to get organized. I'm a creative person and those folks aren't organized. If you have those negative mind binders, they'll stop you from being productive. So cut out the excuses that you use to overlook your time management. And if you're going to have a good feeling about the use of time, you have to manage it in some way. Just taking the attitude of, well, whatever happens, happens is not very smart. And so I give people a number of specific techniques of how they can start saving an hour a week, at least an hour a day eventually, so they're more in control. And the better you use your time, the better you're going to feel. Well, shoot, just removing negative materials from your life will, will free up a lot of time, right? I mean, if you stop watching the darn news, I mean, that frees up all kinds of time. Oh, tons of time, absolutely. But, this, but it's more than that. I mean, help me understand. I mean, sure. help me understand the corollary about why freeing up an hour a week and then an hour a day, how, how, does, that, how does that positively impact me? If you waste your time, you can't possibly feel good about yourself. You'll lower your self-esteem, lower your motivation, lower your energy, and when you're using your time productively, there's this boost of, hey, <laughs> I'm cool. I'm getting things done. I'm making some progress. So the management of time and attitude go hand in hand. Well, what's the fine line between not wasting time, but also getting some downtime so that you can turn off from a busy, hectic day and, and just and give yourself some time to just be who you are and do what you want to do? I mean, uh, where, where's the fine line there? Well, you're right. If you manage time appropriately, and I can share two, three techniques in a moment. If you manage time appropriately, you'll have more time for that downtime. And balanced people know that I'm as important as the tasks I'm doing. They take time for themselves. So absolutely. But if you're going to be hours behind, overwhelmed, cluttered desk, can never quite catch up, those feelings, you'll feel terribly guilty taking time for yourself. Mm. If you've managed it well, you'll feel like, hey, I, I deserve this. It's time to refuel. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Let's talk work-life balance. I, I'm one of those people that feels like if you are striving for work-life balance, I think you're doing it wrong. Because I think I, I think there's this idea that, that the work that you do ought to be feeding your soul and rewarding and, and, and feeding the creative genes that we have in us. And, and it ought to be something that we look forward to being, because we're going to spend a significant portion of our life at, quote, work. It ought to be meaningful work. And, and, and I like that, you know, another way to say that is we'll create a kind of life where you don't need to take a vacation from it because you're trying to hide and escape it. So help me understand, I mean, I, there's different opinions on work-life balance, obviously, uh, but walk me through your take on it. Well, years ago, we had lots of seminars and corporations on job stress, yeah. and I appreciate the fact they did that. We now know that the, most of those workshops were well-intentioned, but fairly short-sighted. When a person has stress in the job, it shows up in their eating habits, in their communication with their spouse, it shows up everywhere. And so to have real work-life balance, to focus on one part of life just doesn't cut it. In real simple terms, I look at life balance as a pie chart with eight slices in the pie. And you need to have something positive and effective in every slice, not just one or two, to have a real quality of life, balance of life. And those eight slices are your physical dimension, recreation, occupational, financial, social, mental, spiritual, and have to have something positive in all dimensions. For example, you can't be physically in great shape and mentally have poor self-esteem and be effective. Mm. You can't financially be paid a good amount of income, but occupationally hate the job and feel good about that. 
need to have something positive in all eight dimensions. Yeah, that's uh, that's intriguing. I have to think about that a bit more because I'm not sure that I have achieved all of those. And and that's uh, it's uh, nice to have some sort of a guide to kind of say where am where am I falling short? And I think also, Alan, there's there's something to be said for making the decision to change these things in a positive way. In and of itself, is is a positive thing and makes you feel better, right? Well, commitment is a big word. Decision is exactly right. That thinking about it, good intentions, <laughs> they go nowhere. Right. What will you commit yourself to doing? For example, we talked about good, positive, healthy material. A simple way to make a commitment, whether it's doing things on your mental attitude, feeding your mind good stuff, or work-life balance. I tell people just take 10 minutes a day to read something educational, hear something motivational. I made that decision years ago. I'll spend 10 minutes a day, no matter how busy I am, I can afford 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes a day of educational, motivational material turns into 60 hours more per year of training I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm. And that's made a huge impact on my health, my business, all parts of life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people aren't giving themselves that time because they have that time management problem, which is what you were <laughs> alluding to earlier. So, all right, Alan, one final quick question. So someone listening to this says, okay, I'm tired of, of being this negative nabob and I, and I, and I want to begin to turn this around. What's the, what's the very first thing someone should do right after they stop listening to this broadcast to start making positive change? Don't wait until you feel positive. You may take a long time to feel that way. Start acting enthusiastically, whether that's a little spring in your step, a cheerful greeting to somebody else, eye contact, a smile, because the body and mind go together. And if you will start acting more positively, you'll end up feeling that way and eventually being that way. Mm, Perfect. All right. Alan, before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? Where can they learn more about all the work that you're doing? And I mentioned that your book, The Payout Principle, give us some information about that as well. Well, thanks, Todd. Yes, you can reach me at drzimmerman.com. That's D-R and then Zimmerman, Z-I-M-M-E-R-M-A-N. Drzimmerman.com, you'll find my free articles there, my weekly newsletter you can have a subscription to. My latest book is called The Payoff Principle. The subtitle is Discover the Three Secrets for Getting What You Want Out of Life and Work. You can find it on Amazon.com quite easily. Love to have people um, join us in the newsletter. I think they'll find great material there. All right. Dr. Alan Zimmerman, speaker and leadership coach. Alan, it was great to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thanks, Todd. Have a great day. You as well. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation again on behalf of my guest, Dr. Alan Zimmerman. I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. All right. Thanks, Todd. I love Thank you.